fellow once said to me, the best fertilizer for your vines is your shadow. Yeah. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. Who was a viticulturist for, for uh, Philip Shaw? Yep. And um, and his wife taught at the kids' school. He came over and did a plan for us, and he, um, he did soil tests, and uh, and then he gave us the plan, and he said plant in November you got five years to learn about it and so it was a terrific journey for five years learning you know enrolled in every course there was yep um what co- courses were they oh uh, there were short courses at the orange ad college that were run by Stephen Doyle yeah and they were just courses on soil uh, health uh, on, on um, shoot positioning on trellis uh, you know building and that sort of thing yep uh irrigation and so we, we did all that but the most important, the most successful way to learn is to catch up with your peers all the time. 100%. If yeah. I get a disease, Stephen Doyle's going to get it too. So it's in his yeah. interest and my interest that we find anything on a leaf, we compare it, we get together. Yeah. And that started off then we had a meeting on the first Monday of every month and we had five or six uh, in first instance. Yeah. And then after 12 months, we pretty much covered a full growing season, so we had everything pretty much nailed. But that became a bit boring. So then, from then on, we started to bring a bottle of wine in a brown paper bag as well, <laughs> and that made added a lot more colour to it. Yeah. Um, and um, and so then we went on to the phase of where we were analysing each other's wines, not knowing which was ours and which and who whose wine we were tasting. We had this score sheet, and. Um, you could be honest without being hurtful because yep. you didn't put your name on it. So we collected them at the end of the day and we went through them. Good old anonymous. Yeah, and yep. it was really good. It made everyone concentrate on what the, what aspects were, were most liked, yep. what was successful, what were... Um, uh, and if we found a wine that was outstanding, we'd open the bottle, we'd, open, we'd pull it out of the bag and we'd ask the person who made that wine to run through the process. Yeah. So we don't want to be clones, yep. but, but there are little tricks you can pick up um, most of your wine success is made in the vineyard. There's yeah. no question about that. But there's a few little tricks you can do afterwards that can um, enhance the wine's you know, uh, exposure to uh, the clientele. There's like there's so many questions we could go off what you just said. But starting off with your soil, um, it starts in the vineyard to make your wine as we've got here today. But yeah, like what have you done anything to the soil? Okay. Adding- what, what happened was over here we've got loam over clay. Yep. Um, uh, and, and, and Chardonnay and a few other varieties like that sort of soil. Yep. On the far hill, we've got a shale ridge running through, um, and it's rocky and it, and it's, it, it drains well, but uh, the, the roots have to fight hard to get down. Yep. And so therefore, it's suited to the, the, the bolder varieties of reds like Shiraz, a Cabernet, yep. uh, and Pinot Noir. So that was the advice that, that, um, that we got from Ian Manchester, and we followed that. Uh, and uh, and then we we put dolomite into the soil, and he gave us a program to make sure that we, um, you know, we, we deep ripped each row, 
so the, the the roots had a chance of getting away in the first instance. Yep. And then we uh, we also detected which way they should run with regards to exposure to the sunshine and also drainage from from excessive rain. So yep. uh, all those things come into the into account. We did some soil tests. There was a few nutrients we put in into the ground, either through the dripper line or else um, or else we we um, um, sowed it into the ground when we when we um, cultivated. Yep. Uh, but the most important thing was lime or dolomite to uh, to break up the acidity and, and give, it, give the vines a good chance of getting started. Yeah. We you were talking about your travel overseas before, but like if you look at the vineyards in Italy, Spain, they're all sort of like on these rocky, shaly sort of sides yeah. of the hills and everything, and that must be sort of quite similar here in Orange as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's very, a lot of varying soil types across the country. Yeah. Let alone New South Wales, let alone Orange. There's yeah. different ones in Orange. Basalt soils up on the on the volcano, um, and so it's a matter of just and. and the Department of Primary Industries are fantastic at researching and doing their soil maps, um, and so you you know you get there you get an analysis of your soils, and then they can recommend to you, yeah, what plants over thousands of years have adapted best to that soil type. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So in the initial stages, like I read your website, you started out with forty five acres, and that's what you remain with today. That's what we remain with today. If we need more than that, we um, we can actually lease some um, some rows really yeah from from vineyards at, at the same altitude with the same soil type yeah and as long as we pick them and we make the wine it's considered ours yeah right that's pretty cool yeah like what i want to understand or tell and educate people like 45 acres it isn't really much in the grand scheme of things but no. what you've done you've turned it around you've got your vineyard agritourism wine clubs as dan was saying before yeah how how did you shift from footy into going as a Vineyardist. Well, we did it first of all just to get enough grapes to sell the grapes to contribute to the kids' education. Yeah. Uh, after five years, we sold grapes to First Creek in in the Hunter Valley, and they kindly, at the end of the year, gave us back a case of Chardonnay with their name on it. In other <laughs> words, it didn't feel right. Yeah. We thought, come on, we're getting into the wine industry now. We can grow the grapes, okay. And, uh, and from that point on, it was, uh, it's been a wonderful journey for the whole family. The kids have learnt so much about grapes, they didn't realise they learnt it until, yeah. they, until they left and got their own careers in other areas. Yeah. And then people are talking in their, in their you know, adolescent or their senior years, uh, senior teenage years, about grapes. And the kids knew all the answers to everything and, and they were sort of cult heroes. Yeah. And then they realised that all the work they'd put in in their junior in their junior lives, uh, actually um, enhance their knowledge of this industry. Yeah, they could go anywhere in the world now and hold down a job. Yeah, they could do go right round the world and hold down a job during vintage or or pruning or whatever, uh, yeah. and, and and work their way around the around the world doing that. Actually, I went through Portugal whilst I was over in Europe and could have got a job pruning in the vineyards over there. One of them, one of those things I just sort of miss out on that you wanted to do. Yeah, but. For yourself, what sort of, I asked Dan this, but what skills did you bring into, from footy, that routine, was there a routine back in the 80s for footy players to bring your skills into ag and wanting to work hard and start your own vineyard? Yeah, it is. It's the same. It's preparation. Yep. It's uh, learning. Yep. Uh, it's, um, uh, you know, 
it's, it's um, disciplined. Well, you probably had your mentor across the road as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but you've got to apply the same disciplines. Yeah. I mean, if, if a grape needs to be, if, a, if a, um, a vineyard needs to be sprayed now, it's now, not tomorrow because it's yeah. convenient. Or not, not tomorrow afternoon, it's now. So you've got to be able to drop what, what you're doing and attend to the, the health of the vines. And the, a fellow once said to me, the best fertilizer for your vines is your shadow. Yeah. And you're dead right. If you're over the fruit all the time, you can pay attention to detail. Yeah. Same as if you're playing footy and you know you're coming up against someone with a left foot step, you, you take that into account. You know where he's going to step to and you'll nail him as soon as he, he tries it. So those, those little things, preparation is really important. Absolutely. And I don't know if Dan's increased it or something and, or COVID's increased it, agritourism and bringing people through front of house to sell your bottles of wine, but also telling the Mortimer's story. It's a pretty cool background coming from footy. I don't know, do people recognise you much these days still? <coughs> they recognise you Daniel more these days, yep. actually. Uh, but what, what, the Mortimer's have got a good name uh, in, in, you know, through my brother Stephen and Chris, and we all played in the same club at the same time, and it's a good story. Yeah. Uh, so we're best to capitalise on that if we can, because the yep. next generation came through, and then Daniel's part of that. And... Um, and uh, it's a very much a family atmosphere down the front there because we've got 11 grandchildren and they're all here last weekend. People love that. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we, we tell our own story without, you know, without being conceited or yeah. bragging. And people like to, to like to become part of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, like the kids, like from the time Robbie was only one and, and Michael was 11, uh, the kids have been part of it. So they're not making it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can answer any question you got yeah. for them. Well, Dan was saying before, probably 90% of the work you do on farm as a family business, rather than like the picking, you need a few hands in to come and do that. Yeah. Um, what's your day-to-day operation look like, your routine? Uh, to manage the vineyard. So if it needs, if the trellis needs splitting the, splitting the canvas, and I've got, I've got to yeah. do that. Um, we always get people into prune, but I supervise that. Yeah. Um, and then... And then we always get people in to pick uh, because that's got to be done within 12 hours of the time that where the where the acid and the pH is in good balance yep. and where the, where the, um, the flavour but also the sugar level is at its peak. If you pick it at exactly the right time, there's more things you can do with the fruit uh, to enhance it. So if you leave it, you leave it for two or three days, you get a stewed character. Yep. If, if you pick it early, you get a crunchy character. And it's just not quite right. So um, so we're tiny. We can do it yeah, because we're yeah. tiny. But yeah, all the rest of it, slashing, irrigation, um, shoot positioning, all that sort of stuff, I do that because I just enjoy yeah. getting on the tractor at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, poking down over that hill, looking over the dam and a bit of mist on the dam. And uh, I think, this is my office. A terrible spot to be. <laughs> it's bloody beautiful. Yeah. Hear the, hear the magpies start, start to wake up and it's lovely. And you mentioned before, like once you got your vineyards up and established, you're not actually irrigating unless you go through a dry period. Run me through that, um, how that sort of works to keep the vines looking pretty healthy. Yeah, well, when we start, you've got to have water, you've got to have irrigation. The vines have got to get healthy, they've got to go down deep, they've got to spread, they've got to be able to provide the rest of the, 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 the plant yep. with, you know, with, with the nutrients and the, to, to, to um, you know, to uh, to grow to grow the, the plants. So first year you get one shoot to the wire. Second yep. year you get two arms, but 
you've got to have water while that's happening so you've got the, the energy and the, and the nutrients and the water to grow those arms. The next year after that you've got, so two cordons, the next year after that you've got other shoots. Yep. And the year after that you've got enough fruit to throw at each other. And in the, in the fifth year you, uh, you've got a crop. During that period of time you've got to have water and you've got to make sure there's even growth and it's, and it's healthy growth. Uh, after that, we reduce the amount of water we do because the smaller the berry, um, without being too small, uh, you get your flavour and colour from the skin to juice ratio. Yeah, okay. If you've got lots yeah. of juice inside, then it, it, it's filtered. Yeah. If, you, if you've got the right balance of skin and juice, um, you get terrific colours, you get terrific flavours and, uh, and, and healthy, you know, a, 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 a you know, larger skin area. It protects it from other mildews and diseases. Yeah. So by the sounds of it, there's a fair bit that goes on within the vineyard, upskilling and everything, and coming from footy. From now to the next 10, 20 years, where do you sort of see Mortimer's wines going? Um, well, where would you like it to go? I'll tell you what, where I think it'll go. We, we've, um, we've dabbled in export. Yeah. But realistically, to supply export, we, we need to buy fruit in. Yeah. So we need, what we're aiming to do is make our, um, the fruit that we have here, yep. sold through our cellar door and to our wine club, we need to climb the ladder in, in quality and we need to be, um, you know, premium, premium, yep. uh, a premium brand that people will, will be prepared to pay their 60 or $70 a bottle for, knowing that it's, it's quality yep. and, um, and it's something for a special occasion. Having said that, um, when I, when Daniel, you know, the next generation takes over, um, if he decides to invest in more land or or to um, lease more uh, vines, yep. then that's part of the business plan. I can assist with that. Yep. Um, and we'll we'll see where it heads. Absolutely. Well, there's so much scope for growth, isn't there? Um, especially when you got your domestic market and you sell it just out the front near the road there, and also you led into tariffs before selling wine overseas and everything has that hurt the business at all no it hasn't we've always was paid for the wine before it left the shores here yep. uh and we didn't have we we, we bought in the fruit so yep. therefore we didn't have surplus vineyards to to try to sh shift our fruit from yeah true so we actually handle it really well a, a bit of fortune good fortune there and um, the way things are going with the barley operation the, the tariffs on barley just at the moment yeah if it develops back to to um, to wine, I know the Chinese are hanging out for Australian wine. They love Australian yeah, wine. Yeah. We were the biggest yeah. exporter to China uh, as a country, and I know that that'll just resume, pick up from where where it left off, yeah. and we'll be able to grow that part of our business on on the same basis. Well, it's looking like India's well, middle to lower class is growing up and expanding out as well, and they're looking to put their money somewhere. And the the image of what Australia has within their agricultural sectors just fantastic for that product to go right in there. Yeah, um, and, and India, very industrious nation, yeah. in that they they have, have um, parcels of land up in the northern part of India towards the Himalayas yep. that are just perfect, cool climate, grape growing regions, and they're getting some Italians and French in to help design and grow vineyards. They've got a massive population, so it'll work, yep. uh, and they'll do well. But um, uh, wine is enhanced by age. If, until they get age about them, then we'll still have a, a very good 
reason to sell bonds to India as well yeah. as China. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And throughout the industry, we know a fair bit about your vineyards now, but there's some struggles, and one of the biggest ones, being a family farm, is succession. Have you, you've obviously sort of started to shift into succession um, for your boys and your family. How does that look like for you, and what does the landscape look like? Well, I'm, um, I'm giving myself, I give myself a five-year plan. Yep. Uh, that'll take me till the, the day I'm 70, so I'm 65 at the moment. Um, uh, we've, got a, we've got a one-year plan first, yep. and that is uh, in, introducing Daniel into the viticulture and into the, the, um, the wine-making and, yep. the, and the distribution and, and all the other aspects of the business. And then we'll see how he handles it after 12 months. Yep. And then if it's going as we hope it goes, then we can, we can put more energy into it and we can expand our, our, um, our catch, if you like, you know, yep. of, of what we can supply and who we can supply. And then that'll lead to us reconsidering whether we purchase more land or whether we lease more vines or what's going to substantiate, substantiate us building the business going forward. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like, it's a subtle, it's behind the scenes sort of thing of what family succession is. And I don't know, have you heard the $100 billion goal that we all want to get to, but is that going to be at the detriment of family farmers and hopefully sort of bolstering that out and educating people to start now with their succession, no matter yeah. how early your, or young your kids are? Yeah, there's two, two things. Um, first of all, succession planning has had to happen for the 200 odd years Australia's been going and it's difficult for a farmer, a yep. physical worker, who, who works day and night to hand over to someone. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, uh, if you hand it over under, under in good circumstances to someone you trust yep. or to someone you educate, then that's got to be easier for you. Yep. Uh, the other, other option these days, and you've seen it many times in the past, a farmer has four sons, the property he hasn't got doesn't... Um, doesn't lend itself to splitting four ways yeah. and, and so there has to be succession planning with the agreeance of those who don't go into that plan yep. and it's not, a, not an easy thing to do we, we've got it nailed where we are all yep. the other boys are equally interested in Daniel enhancing their stake in Mortimer's <laughs> wines yep. uh, and being you know being paid as a director to uh, to do that yep. um, and we've had some very sound advice on that area but same thing you know um you know, a farmer likes being on his tractor, and he likes he likes yeah. cleaning out the shed, and he likes going to the markets and that sort of thing. So, um, if it's in friendly circumstances and you, yeah. you, you've had a, you've had input into it, then it's not not a difficult thing to do. Absolutely, um, well put as well. You st still going to markets then, Orange Local here? Uh, uh, yes, we do. Well, we do yeah. night markets here. You mean grape night yeah. markets? Yeah. Um, um, but, Orange does night markets in in uh, Food Week and also the yeah. Wine Festival. Yeah. Very successful, it's really, really well run. And uh, yeah, and all the, all the wineries and the food places all turn up together. It's a fantastic event. If anyone hasn't been to one, you really yeah. you really need to go to one. Absolutely. And to cap off this episode, what would be one piece of farms advice you'd like to pass on or you'd like the listeners to get out of this episode? Farming advice, it's... Um, the advice that I just mentioned that, that I was given, um, the best fertiliser for your your agricultural you know, uh, setup for, for your vines or for whatever you're doing in agriculture is your shadow. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, cheers to that. Cheers. All the best. Thank you. That was good. So wherever you listen to this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss another one in the future. This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday.